This is Who Kicked the Corner Flag, an English soccer game show podcast. Kevin De Bruyne who sets up a shot and scores. And now it's with Harry Kane and it's another chance to make it three and he doesn't miss this time. That's Coutinho for Salah. Oh, that's brilliant. Mo Salah's header from Coutinho's excellent cross. And here's your host, James Rose. Welcome to our twerky... Oh, let me start that again. <laughs> Take two. Off to a thundering start. I'm not editing this. How spursy of you. Oh, don't. All right, let's try again. Welcome <laughs> oh, okay. to our 22nd episode of Season 2 and our first ever Champions League special. Exciting times. Uh, now, returning to us this week is the chairman of the Kansas City Spurs group, the man who still can't get over Spurs' midweek victory and danced around with excitement after watching the Frozen two trailer fresh it's Jared Bustamante how are you bud I am just I'm I'm just peachy it's great and I encourage boys not to let it go uh they're real <laughs> jaunt into Belarus very excited to not talk about that at all not, not, <laughs> not at all uh I'm also joined by uh said man the leader of the Kansas City Gooners group the man whose Arsenal Europa dreams have been dashed and who considered dressing as a taco to a taco podcast recording should have committed it's voice Richardson how are you bud not yet dashed, just in the lurch. And why weren't we doing these Champions League podcasts when Arsenal was in the Champions League? <laughs> it's all part of the plan. It's rigged. It's, it's all rigged. It's all rigged. Uh, and we're excited to once again present a new guest this week. He is one of the presenters of the Free Kick podcast. Can now reveal is a United fan again, thanks to Oli Golan Solskjaer, and speaks to us today from Baltimore, Maryland. Please welcome Mr. Todd Lewis. How are you, bud? I'm doing good. I can't complain, you know, uh... United being uh, Chelsea 2-0 today in the FA Cup, so it kind of takes away the pain from us losing against P-Money Sanji last week in the Champions League. So <laughs> all good in this end. All good, all good, man. Chelsea, Whoa, what a story. Anyway, uh, now since we're doing our first ever Champions League special, we're going to try out a new contest, which I like to call Question of the Match. Uh, now, So for this, there'll be two different subjects, just two, but points will be awarded to our contestants if they correctly answer a multiple-choice question from each subject. Sounds simple, right? Uh, so this week's two talking points are Spurs dominate Dortmund and PSG punish United. Uh, so Todd, since since you're a guest, you're going to get to go first. Uh, so go ahead and start off by just picking a subject for us. Let's go ahead and talk uh, Manchester United first. P money sign G. All right, let's let's start with that. So your first question is. How many goals has Kylian and Mbappe scored in the Champions League knockout stages? Is it three, five, or seven? And this is overall in his uh, in his experience in the Champions League. I'm going to say five. Oh, that is incorrect. It is in fact seven. Would you believe it? Seven goals he has scored. In Champions League's knockout stages, not quite the the leading one. That would be Ronaldo, but uh, he's on the way. Um, so, as a United fan, go ahead and talk us through uh, your thoughts on the match overall, the performances all round, and um, how you feel going into the second leg. Well, I guess I'll start uh, with how the first leg went, and then I'll go over sure. the second leg. Uh, you know, first half, I thought we coped pretty well with uh, P-Money Sign G. I mean, it, it sucked losing Lingard and Martial to start the second half and everything and bringing on Mata and Alexis Sanchez, who I, I don't even want to talk about Alexis Sanchez. I mean, it seems like he's uh, turning the ball over eight, ten times a game. So, I mean, it's probably best that we don't see Alexi out there anymore. But then again, uh, who, who's going to go out there and replace uh, Martial and Lingard? So, uh, Sanchez so is probably... so good for the locker room. <laughs> I'd like yeah, to talk about him. <laughs> I bet. I bet. You're uh, probably very, very happy that Alexi's gone from your club. But you guys do have Ozil, who's uh, just draining your bank accounts. And uh, that's another player that I'm sure you 
probably one don't want to talk about. So Z. yeah, we will just leave that there. <laughs> we'll just sell them to you guys. <laughs> now we're good. Jose Mourinho is not there anymore. So uh, wherever Jose goes, I'm sure uh, Uzo will go. Uh, going back to the game though, uh, we, we were never gonna cope with uh, Mbappe's pace and everything. I mean, there's always been questions defensively for us and. Ashley Young, I mean, he's doing what he can do, but being 34, 35 years old, I mean, his legs are gone, and Victor Lindelof's been the one uh, sound piece for us back there on defense and everything, but uh, just the pace of Mbappe is just unbelievable. And people are, and this one ended 2-0, and people are going to write this off, but this game could end ended 3-0 if it wasn't for De Gea for stopping uh, Mbappe for his second goal of the game. Uh, I think player of the game, though, in this were probably Verratti and Marquinhos for P-Money signed G. I mean, they really shut down Pogba. And if people watch our games, they know Pogba has been the vocal point for us ever since uh, Ole's taken over the manager duties. And, uh, you know, they, they did a really, really good job shutting him down. And without Pogba running things, I mean, we really didn't have anything going forward in the attack. And it showed really in the second half. I mean, we did well enough to keep the score level nil-nil. And... Uh, Second half, like I said, losing Lingard and Martial, that kind of hurt us with being able to press PSG. But uh, second leg, I uh, I don't know. It's going to be tough without Pogba being in there. He, he played well against Chelsea today in the FA Cup, but then it is Chelsea, and Chelsea's been a disaster of a co- club <laughs> as of late. So uh, do with that as you please. I want to say that there's hope for us, but... It's it's going to be slight in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's going to be uh, going to be interesting to see. All right, Jared, over to you. Uh, let's start off with your question. How many shots on target did Manchester United have in this game? Was it one, two, or three shots on target? Mm-hmm. No googling. Oh god, one. It is one. Nice, nice work. And I'll get you it those. Didn't started. threaten at all. <laughs> Give him the easy question. I did. I did. Yeah, maybe, maybe a little bias there. Um, Jared, uh, what are your perceptions of uh, their performance in this game? And uh, <clears throat> again, going into the second leg, what do we think is going to happen? Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, this uh, this PSG squad is just <laughs> just bonkers. I mean, I kind of echo Todd's point. I mean. How do you contain Mbappe? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's like trying to mark the goddamn racehorse. I don't know. Like, you know, if you can contain them and free up some space on the, I think this, they're not invincible. Uh, you know, we kind of talked about this on the part of the years of, you know, Man City dominance, right? And the Achilles heel has always been, well, Nicholas Otamendi still plays defense for them at some point. So surely they are vulnerable. <laughs> uh so I think if you can get in behind, I mean, Gigi Buffon is a million years old, but still somehow just very impressive. Good for him. Uh, but if you can break into the back and get behind Di Maria and Alves on the outsides, um, then you might have a shot. Uh, but as United demonstrated, I think this is a situation where you have to match pace with pace. Mm. And uh, you look at the you know players that were substituted off, uh, again, kind of t- kind of touched on this. You brought off Lingard, Rashford, and Martial for Sanchez, Mata, and Lukaku, and that's just not going to do it. I I I don't think that's going to cut it against the squad. So I think uh, I think a formation change. One thing we have seen with United with Old Gunner is a uh, a refreshing sense of adjustment. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Jose Mourinho said, "No, I'm just going to hit this wall harder with my head. Surely I'll make it through." Uh, <laughs> Solskjaer has, has been resigned to say, you know what, let's try a hammer. So I'm very excited to see what happens on this back end because I think we'll see some adjustments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it might not be in a complete 
domination from PSG in the second leg. But again, I guess we'll uh, guess we'll see. Uh, all right, boys, your question to kick this off: How many teams in Champions League history have failed to progress, having lost their first home game by two goals? Is it five, thirteen, or thirty-four? Have failed to progress. Uh huh. Have failed to progress. How many teams in Champions League history have failed to progress, having lost their first home game by two goals or more? Thirty-four. That is absolutely correct. So yes, it is thirty-four. Staggering statistic. Uh, maybe a scary one for United in this case. So on that topic, can United do it, boys? No. I mean, I think until probably the the eighty. 80- 8th minute, 89th minute, whenever Paul Pogba got his red card, you might have argued that there was at least a substantial chance that Manchester United had a chance to come back at PSG. But at this point, you're without the best player. And since Solskjaer took over, Paul Pogba has been heads and tails above even everybody on that roster who have all looked rejuvenated since the turnovers occurred. I think the loss of him, you know, initially when I saw that card awarded, I thought it was a little bit harsh, but when you look at it again and his studs and cleats are just clearly over the opposing player's ankle, Mm -hmm. I think it was probably the right call. But in the end, I think it might be the death knell for United. And to be fair, this is one of those situations for that club where I think it probably is better for them. As an Arsenal fan, I look at that and, you know, United are still in the FA Cup, which I think they'll pay some level of attention to. But I would have loved for them to progress in this tournament because they're never going to win it and it only tires out their squad. And I think United's top four chances take a substantial positive from going out to PSG. Mm. The reality was, I think there was a really excellent strategy in place from Tuchel at PSG where he took Verratti and Marquinhos and basically marked Pogba out of the match. And it's what you've seen people do with Chelsea all year long with Jorginho, right? The the teams that have been able to dominate Chelsea throughout the year have taken Jorginho out of the match. And at that point, Chelsea are useless because there's nobody to funnel the ball to in the midfield and then distribute it around the park. And it was the same thing that PSG did to United. And now Pogba's not even going to be in the match. And you still have injury concerns over whether or not Martial and Lingard are going to be able to play I just there's some time for them to be able to recuperate, but I I think this one probably finishes five one PSG. Ooh, damn, that's that's quite a scoreline, man. Not not the match itself. I mean, in aggregate. Over, I, but, yeah, I get you. <laughs> so it's, it's already two nil. I think that the next match probably finishes three one PSG. I just I don't think United has enough to be able to win away if it was flipped the absence of Pogba would probably be dominant but in this case United are already down two away goals PSG you know the thing that we've neglected to mention about this match is PSG were playing without Neymar and Cavani that's Uh, true yeah you know you talk about how great Mbappe is Draxler was in the match Di Maria was in the match but PSG were without two of their primary scoring options before two of United's primary scoring options got subbed out of the match. So in any event, if PSG are able to get one or perhaps even both of those players back for the next fixture, these these are the kind of matches that those guys live for. I just I just don't see it. The imbalance is already there with the roster as it is. You, you add back in the other pieces that PSG has, and I, it's just an insurmountable obstacle. Mm-hmm. If I can counter your argument. Sure. Uh, <clears throat> P-, P Money Sign G, they had about a week and a half, two weeks to uh, prepare for this match without Neymar and Cavani, I guess, a week. So they, they had all that time to prepare for the match where we lost Lingard and Martial midway through the match and everything. So we had to 
scrap a whole tactics wise and everything, bring on Mata and Sanchez. So I think they they had the upper hand there just because they knew they were going to have Draxler and Di Maria this game as Manchester United didn't know that Lingard and Martial were going to get hurt. So I guess you, you kind of look at Ole for not getting his tactics right with sh- subbing out uh, Lingard and Martial. But I, I do want to give P-Money Sanji the upper hand there because they had a longer time to uh, prepare for this game with the injuries to Neymar and Cavani. Um, and let me ask you, Todd, as well, real quick. Who's uh, who's the future manager of Man United? See, uh, I've been avoiding this question on my podcast. <laughs> the, last, uh, the last episode I recorded, uh, they were going to ask me this, but I was like, I'm not going to give you uh, my thoughts yet. I think it's between uh, Ole and Pochettino at Spurs. Um, <laughs> other than that, uh, I think those two are the clear frontrunners. Uh, we'll, we'll see what Ole can do in the FA Cup. I, mm-hmm. I think we're probably done. In the Champions League, which is fine, and uh, like, like you said, uh, if we can get in the top four, I think that's only going to ho- uh, help Ole uh, and his chances of getting the job. And uh, so, top four is definitely, in my opinion, more important than advancing farther in the Champions League, just because there's a lot of players I believe that we're going to need to uh, bring in during the summer. Well, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, our next topic is Spurs dominate Dortmund. Uh, Spurs conjure a remarkable second-half performance to beat Borussia Dortmund 3-0, thanks to goals from Sun, Superjan, and Lorente. Uh, Todd, let's go ahead and start back with you. The question for you on this match, how many goals has Sun Hoon-min now scored overall, and this is not just from this game, overall, uh, against Borussia Dortmund? Is it 5, 7, or 9? It's nine, and I have this on my notes from last week. So <laughs> you knew it. It is. It is. <laughs> got it on there. Nice. It is nine. Yes. So uh, congratulations on that. Um, let's first of all talk about Spurs' performance. T- to you, Todd, was it kind of a surprise that they came away with that, that scoreline, or was it somewhat expected? What do you think? Absolutely. I mean, just going into this game, Dortmund were the clear favorites. I mean, you, you look at Tottenham without Kane and Deli Alley, and it really hasn't affected them that much. I mean, they're still staying in top four. I mean, they're still pushing for potentially uh, the number one spot in the Premier League. I think they're six, five points off from the top. So, I mean, they're still kicking it alive in the Premier League. Uh, I thought Lloris probably was the guy who turned uh, the Spurs game around. I mean, in the first half, Dorman could have went up one nail, but he saved a header. I forget uh, I forget who... Uh, the Dortmund player was, but uh, Lloris made an excellent save and everything, mm. and the game ended nil-nil uh, nil in the first half, and second half, I mean, your son was unbelievable, and like he's been since Kane's been out, I mean, this is a guy who has been involved in 16 uh, goals directly ever since Kane's been out. He, uh, he has uh, 11 goals, 5 assists, I had that writ- uh, written down from last week too, so I mean, son's been playing outstanding. Uh, mm-hmm. We, we had a Spurs guest on last week, and he kind of gave us a fair warning uh, a couple a couple of weeks ago saying that uh, Jan was probably going to be playing that uh, left wing back role and everything. And uh, don't be surprised if he has a pretty decent game. And I, I thought Sancho uh, caused havoc in the first half, really, for Dortmund. And I, I could have sworn that Dortmund would have scored a goal if it wasn't for uh, Luis stopping that header, like I said. Mm-hmm. Um, Pulisic probably should have scored. Uh, I think he tried a little bit too hard for uh, Dortmund this game just because being in London knowing that Chelsea scouts were probably there seeing what they're going to get next year from him so I think he tried to impress people a little bit too much uh, but once that second half started it was all Spurs and Dortmund just didn't have an answer and uh, great performance and I was surprised to see Llorente get in the goal sheet but you know he's been playing pretty decent here as a late for Spurs coming off the bench as a sub so mm-hmm. I'm not, I, I am surprised uh, that Dortmund lost 3-0. Uh, 
But after seeing that second half performance, uh, yeah, I'm not really that surprised. So interesting, uh, Jared. Let's swing it to you. Your question is: When was the last time Jan Vertonghen scored and assisted in the same game? Was it 2017, 2013, or 2012? And I will be disappointed if you don't get this right because you're obviously a Spurs fan. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> it's either 12 or 13. I'm gonna go with 12 because it was ages ago. I know that. Oh, it was 2013. Unlucky, yeah. bro. <laughs> That's against Swansea. It was against. Yes, it was against Swansea. Nice work on Todd. I, Todd got your points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah heard, yes, you're welcome. Um, I read this and I just like, oh my god, it was so long ago. It's yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, um, Jared, on the obviously you're you're a happy chap from this game, but uh, again, kind of same question to you. Did you expect this outcome? Oh God, heavens no! Uh, and any any Spurs supporter that tells you that they that they expected this, were we rooting for this? Absolutely. I mean, this was far and away. I mean, this was asking for a bicycle for Christmas, and a Lamborghini pulls up in the driveway. This was just <laughs> got away with a few. Frankly, uh, you know, I, I know your favorite James, uh, your son, Juan Foyt, kind of put the pressure on a little bit. Uh, I, I think it was a botched back pass, or he lost it in possession, top of his own box, and I think that that's what put Christian Pulisic in. Uh, who frankly should have scored. You know, there were a couple great saves. I 100% agree. I think uh, Dortmund could have easily been up one or two at halftime. And, uh, you know, sometimes you just need a little bit of luck. But, boy, coming out firing on all cylinders, uh, that sun finish. And my favorite, when I when I will remember this match, is Vertonghen calling for the ball, breaking in behind and we're watching going, he's calling for the ball. What is he doing? And then a beautiful pass and finish. And just like, what is happening? I have no idea. And then to cap it all off, Fernando Llorente comes on and scores on a corner. I mean, I, it's just, you know, things could not have gone better. Uh, so now it is, you know, if we're going to nitpick a little bit, you know, there were some things that could have gone our way. You know, not to be lost in the mix, but Lucas uh, could have easily made it 1-0 in the first half caught a volley just very clean and mm-hmm. just wide but uh you know again obviously man of the match Jean Bertangen but not to overstate it is uh you know I have to take back a lot of things that I said on this podcast for the last few years about Musa Sissoko uh this man has suddenly become you know kind of the kind of the heart and soul of this midfield and uh, uh his work rate is just simply probably second only you know Hungman's son who is i'm not convinced is actually human from this earth but <laughs> uh uh you know taking a three nil lead into dortmund you can write the script any better and uh i think we'll see spurs clearly through and uh, you know kind of the way they kind of juggle this with their with their domestic responsibilities kind of to voice's point earlier it's it's nice to only be in two competitions right now, mm-hmm. and uh, we simply do not have the depth and do not have the roster to handle anything else. Mm-hmm. That's a fair point. All right, boys, your question is, uh, after coming off the bench, how long did it take for Lorente to score his goal? Was it within three minutes, four minutes, or six minutes? I have no idea. Four minutes. <laughs> Oh, that is incorrect, bud. No, it was just... Oh, I say just. It was three minutes, the the shortest of all those three options there. <laughs> Insane. Who would have thought? Now, you've made jokes about this, boys, about Lorente being the, the new Harry Kane, and who needs Harry Kane anymore? But uh, being somewhat serious, does Lorente have uh, a spot in this team moving forward when Kane does come back? No. 
<laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> I mean, I think he, I think even even the most like I don't know avid Spurs supporter would probably say that Urente has no place on this team. I think it is but really he's so interesting. handsome. <laughs> Just because you think he looks like you doesn't make him handsome. Uh, I, I, it really I is. Wish. I mean, you know, I, I'll say this as an Arsenal supporter. It, it, Spurs, I think one of the most impressive things that have happened outside of Qatar somehow saving their season is the fact that they've played poorly in matches, but yet they still win. You know, I mean, they only scored two goals against Fulham, but they got one at the end and pulled out the three points. They played really not abjectly during the first half here, but they weren't great. And then they came back in the second half and absolutely put them to the sword. And it would be the spursiest thing in the entire world to go in 3-0 up over Dortmund and go to the away match and somehow lose 4-3. But I don't think this team has it in it. I mean, they're without Marco Royce right now. But even when Dortmund was on the front foot in the first half, it they just never really looked like they had it. And that front line of Sancho, Pulisic, and Gutza, I, I just, Sancho has been a revelation this season, but it's only his real first season playing high-level football. And Pulisic, in the aftermath of the transfer, really hasn't looked quite the same. I, I think there are some worries about this Dortmund team for the rest of the campaign, and I think this is going to be another one of those situations where Spurs likely go through fairly easily. I could actually even see them winning the away leg here. You guys are the bigger Spurs fans, isn't it? The, it's the week before the Arsenal match, correct? Uh, I think Chelsea actually is before the Arsenal match. I think yeah. the Dortmund is maybe the week after. I'm not sure. Um, Jared, do you know? It is after. So is, okay. uh, the the Derby is uh, the second, and uh, the away leg is on the fifth. So you guys go Chelsea, Arsenal, Dortmund? Right. I think that's going to be pretty interesting because you're going to be reintegrating Kane and Ali into the squad. A squad that, I mean, we make that joke about Llorente, but you guys haven't dropped any points except for that match against Chelsea in the League Cup semifinals since Kane's been out. Which is honestly an incredible stat, but it's going to be really interesting to see how the squad reintegrates during that time. How does Pochettino balance the team? Uh, Not to go back to November too much, but I think on this very podcast, the three of us were talking about the fact that Pochettino kind of got the lineup wrong against Arsenal the first go around because he was trying to balance the squad and didn't do it right. Hmm. And it'll be really interesting to see how he does it with a 3-0 lead going to Dortmund on the Wednesday and an away match to Chelsea, uh, you know, the midweek, the week before. And how does he evaluate those matches and what he needs to do with the lineup? But in the interim, I mean, I think anybody that refuses to give Spurs credit is just being kind of ridiculous at this point. Mm-hmm. Son, you know, I don't know what he did. Sold his soul to the devil. Uh, you know, <laughs> made some sort of like <laughs> weird bet with Jose Mourinho. I, I don't know. I don't know what he did. But it, you would have guessed Spurs had a pretty easy run in in the time when they were gone. But those were all at matches at a point they could have lost. And instead, every time when they needed to find something to win, they did. And credit where credit's due. Right, let's move on to our second game, which is, of course, our favorite, which is Rumor Mill. Uh, so to clarify, each player is going to get a quote or a line from a newspaper or online resource from the last few days. All they've got to do is tell me if the words I read out were in fact printed or just something that is completely made up. So it's basically true or false. Uh, two points for a correct guess. And Todd, you are up first with this one. PSG's Adrian Rebio is now keen to force a move to Tottenham Hotspur in the summer, having been impressed by the side's 3-0 victory over Dortmund midweek. 
Is that true that or is, false? That is false. <laughs> Damn, you saw right through me. It is false. Yeah, nice work, bud. Um, he actually, you probably know, bonus points, Todd. Do you know actually where he wants to go? Uh, I saw he was linked with Bayern Munich, so and I know Bayern Munich said they didn't want him. So am I going to go with Bayern? Uh, it is not Bayern, unfortunately. No. Although that could be true. Uh, I read he actually wanted to go to Barcelona now. Um, oh, so okay. He's, he's trying to. Force D- him. D- so don't we all? <laughs> he's just that good uh, that he's, he's now punched his ticket there. Uh, Jared, this next one's for you. Real Madrid will now target PSG's Brazilian forward Neymar this summer, which could then rule out a move for Chelsea playmaker Eden Hazard. Is that true or false? What? Uh, uh, false. It's true, according to the Sunday <laughs> Times. Who would have no, thought? Time is a flat circle. Nothing <laughs> makes sense. I, when I read it, I thought this has got to be some kind of witch, witchcraft. <laughs> Just, how many trucks of money are going to exchange hands Not in enough. the next five years? The transfer fees in world football. I mean, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm, it is. I mean, he would go for what seven hundred billion with a B. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, boys, this last one's for you. In emerging reports, David de Gea suggests he could be tempted away from Manchester United in the summer if they fail to reach Champions League qualification for next season. Is that true or false? I mean, I got to go with true. He's been angling to get out of United for a long while now, except they got Thibaut Courtois at Real, and now he doesn't know what to do. But I think it's true. It's false. It's something what? I made up. Yeah, according to new reports, he said the opposite. He said if the I think if the price is right, Todd maybe can back me up on this. Uh, he would actually stay. He would commit long term to the club now. Um, Todd, is that true? That is true. He just wants to be paid uh, the highest paid player at the club. So, <laughs> yeah, which would be what four hundred and fifty a week, mm. five hundred a week, yeah, something like that. Yeah. You know how many donuts you could steal from donut shops <laughs> with that kind of money? Thank <laughs> oh. God. Uh, track of points for James bamboozling us on these because well done James <laughs> we should but uh, I've got it somewhere uh, anyway let's go and uh, move on to our last game which is of course our classic closer which is player profile uh, so this week I'll provide five different clues to a different Champions League player each clue easier than the last uh, the first person to shout their name and correctly guess said player wins those two points uh, but you only get one guess as an incorrect shot will freeze you out uh, this week your clue to these players is Young Guns. Young Guns. Uh, this translates to players who are under the age of 23 who have featured in this year's Champions League contest. Simple enough. Uh, guys, we ready? Let's go. All right. Let's do it. Uh, player number one is an Englishman. In the starting 11 in his midweek Champions League boys. game. Yes, boys. Jaden Sancho. That is incorrect. Oh. No, and that does freeze you out. Good guess, though. Uh, so, Jared and Todd, these last clues are for you. Um, is a forward. Todd. Yes, Todd. Rashford. Marcus Rashford. Yes, that is absolutely correct. Nice work, but I'll get, get, wow. Excuse me. That'll get I you those. No shot. It was a good shot. Yeah, that'll get you those two points, Todd. Uh, the other clues plays for Manchester United. First name is Marcus. That last one might have got it. Um, player number two is also an Englishman. Did not feature in his midweek Champions League game due to injury. Featured heavily in the World Cup. Has four letters in his last name. 
Not Harry Kane. Jared? Yes, Jared. <laughs> Not Harry Kane. <laughs> oh, the last clue got him. Oh, no. <laughs> Danny Rose. It is not Dan. That's a good guess. Todd. No, it's not Danny Rose. Todd, yes. A Deli Alley. Deli Alley, yes. That is absolutely oh correct. Oh, my God. I'm an idiot. <laughs> oh, jeez. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Nice one, Todd. Oh, that's a good one. I, I got you on that, Jared. I got you pretty good. That was fun. Um, player number oh. three uh, is a Frenchman. Featured in his World Cup squad. Boyce. Yes, Boyce. Who's going to do it? I actually don't know. I was just behind. Pogba. It is not Pogba. That would have been a good <laughs> guess, actually. But no, it is not Pogba, and that does freeze you out. So these last clues are for Jared and Todd. Scored in his midweek Champions League game. Jared. Yes, Jared. Mbappe. Mbappe. There it is. Nice. Yes, that'll get you those two points. Uh, the last two clues were can reach a top speed of 27 miles per hour, which is just insane. I uh, did see that. Yeah, isn't that nuts? Uh, but he can do it. Uh, and his first name is Kylian. Kylian Mbappe. So nice work on that, Jared. Player number four is another Frenchman. Used to play for Monaco. Is a forward. Uh, yes, Todd. Martial. Martial. Bam. There it is. Nice work, bud. Yes. Anthony Martial. That'll get you those two points. Uh, other clues again. Uh, now plays for United. First name is Anthony. Anthony Martial. All right. The last player of the game is an Argentine. Did not feature for his World Cup side. Is a defender. Jared. Yes, Jared. Only because you hate him so much. <laughs> One point. <laughs> It was really hard to put him in this quiz. Uh, but yes, that is uh, absolutely <laughs> correct. And that'll get you those ugly two points. Um, yes, the other clues were plays for Spurs, which he didn't. And his first name is Juan Juan Foyth. And that is the game, guys. The final scores. Boyce, you came away with two points this week. Jared, you clawed back with six. But congratulations, Todd, sir. An impressive 10 points and the win. How do you feel, sir? Good. Uh, my goal, honestly, coming onto the show was to beat Dave from Bruce Talking Soccer. So I think I did a good job in that. So uh, thanks, love Dave. It. <laughs> I love it. I don't even have score. I don't even know what he got. I think he got a. Uh, let me see here. I think he got four points last time. I can't remember. But anyway, you beat him. <laughs> you did good. Yes. <laughs> don't tell uh, him. So no, yeah, don't tell him. Uh, so nice work on that. Um, let's go ahead and preview real quick uh, our games coming up this week for the Champions League. We have. Liverpool versus Bayern Munich and Man City versus Schalke. Uh, Todd, let me get your uh, opinions on Man City versus Schalke. Who's going to come away with uh, the win there? Oh, C- City, without a doubt. Uh, this could easily be 5-6-0. I mean, Schalke is sitting in 14th place, I believe, in the Bundesliga. Mm-hmm. Only six wins on the year. Uh, they they do not look a good side this year. And, I mean, City has been unstoppable this year scoring 126 goals in 44 games so uh yeah good luck Schalke mm-hmm. good luck Schalke uh Jared your thoughts the same I mean <laughs> Ditto. You know, that's just kind of fallen off and we've talked about this time and time again on the pod is that you know City just has they have two starting 11s that they could just cycle through so uh they are terrifying and uh I think uh Schalke is very much in trouble with this home match mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. boys do you agree Schalke have scored 25 goals in 22 matches in the Bundesliga this year, which is obviously an average of a little over one goal per match. That's not ever going to be enough to beat Manchester City. This one has the earmarks of, I don't know, 7-1. 
over the aggregate all over it. Interesting. Uh, now, what about the Liverpool versus Bar Munich game, Todd? What do you think on that? Uh, seeing reports that Van Dyke and Lovren are going to be missing uh, most likely from this game, uh, Fabinho and Matip would be the uh, ideal two centre-back partnership. Uh, I mean, Liverpool have looked outstanding with Van Dyke back there, but I mean, if he misses out, uh, I could see Bayern Munich scoring at least one goal this game. So I'm, I'm going to say Liverpool probably 2-1. I mean, mm-hmm. it's on Anfield, and that's a fortress for Liverpool. Uh, if Van Dyke was playing here, I'd probably say 3-0 Liverpool. I know mm-hmm. Bobby Firmino is uh, battling with the flu, I think they said, so we'll see if he'll be fit in time. Uh, but like I said, I'll go 2-1 Liverpool. Nice. Interesting. Jared, your thoughts? I don't know. I mean, you got a Bayern team that, uh, you know, they're they're sitting pretty high in Bundesliga right now, uh, you know, despite, you know, I think there's a little bit of a difference in competition here. But uh, I, I I don't see Bayern. They've got actually a pretty solid defense over there. I actually see a draw here. Mm. Um, I think I think Bayern might lock in uh, an away goal and uh, kind of force Klopp's hand going into Munich. Mm, interesting. Boyce, what do you think? I'm actually with Jared here, except I'm going to predict if Van Dyke doesn't play, it's going to end up being 2-2. I see Bayern getting two away goals here at Anfield, and then some significant questions about Liverpool's ability to be able to win in Munich. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I guess we'll see this week how both those games translate, but it's going to be interesting. Uh, we'll certainly see what happens. Uh, Todd, go ahead and tell us a little bit more about your podcast, if you will, uh, where we can find it, uh, all the best places for social media, all that good stuff. Yeah, like you said, my name's Todd. I'm the host over at the Free Cake Podcast. Uh, you can find us on social media, uh, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at Free Cake Pod. Uh, you can find us on iTunes uh, by searching the Free Cake Soccer Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Spotify by searching the Free Kick, and we just got on to uh, tune in by searching uh, the free kick. So nice. we're still working in a couple places, but that's where you can find us mainly. Very cool. And uh, I've been asking all of my guests this uh, this question, and you probably know what's coming. Uh, your top four finishes uh, for the season in the EPL, uh, what's your list? Uh, Liverpool, City, Spurs, United. Ooh, no hesitation. Straight in there with Liverpool. What gives Liverpool the edge for you? Oh, I just think that City, I mean, they've looked pretty leaky on defense multiple times this year. I mean, I know I said... When we were talking about City versus Schalke, I said that one could be 5-6, but, I mean, Schalke's been horrible this year. I know Liverpool slipped uh, as of late with a couple of draws and everything, but they're due to get Oxlade-Chamberlain back within a couple of weeks, and I think he's going to be a spark plug to their offense and everything. I mean, he was great for them last year before he got injured. That really killed them in the Champions League game, I believe, against Real Madrid. So if uh, Oxlade-Chamberlain can get off and running... Liverpool, I think, aren't going to have a tough time winning the league this year. I mean, it's a four-point, three-point difference right now, but, uh, you know, it's all about getting people healthy and everything, and I think uh, Liverpool are going to just do enough. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, uh, it's certainly going to be an interesting uh, two-horse or maybe three-horse race, hey, Jared? <laughs> but that's all we have time for, folks. Uh, so big thanks, as always, to my guests, Jared Basmente, Boyce Richardson, and Todd Lewis. Thanks again, Todd, for coming on today. Uh, don't for forget me. to share the love by rating us uh, on iTunes and, of course, subscribing to our weekly episodes. Uh, you can also check out our musings on our Twitter page, at Kick Corner Flag, as well as our Facebook page and website, kickflag.com. Uh, final words, Jared. You know, I'm really considering uh, changing my son's name to Son, which is simultaneously more simple and more confusing. <laughs> Love it. Uh, boys? <laughs> I don't even know what to do with that. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'm really excited for a lunchtime tie with Bate Borisov. I'm not. I don't. 
Who even knows? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Todd? Uh, thanks for having me on. I had a lot of fun. Good deal, man. Thanks for coming on. And until next week. 